All right, let's welcome everybody out today to episode 549 of I Am Salt Lake Podcast. How's everybody doing today? How is, uh, how is TJ doing over there? Doing well. Doing well. Dude, the allergies just hit me like crazy during the middle of this interview, but uh, other than that, it was, uh, it's been good. Dude, it is, uh, everything is blooming outside, I think. Right. What, There's just some, too much pollen in the air or something. Oh, way too much <laughs> pollen in the air. Uh, this is a fun podcast. Uh, today on the podcast is with a friend of mine, Cole Fulmer. He is the editor, publisher, the man behind Salt Baked City magazine. Um, it was fun to get him on the podcast. Yeah, super. I mean, I keep I, the last three podcasts I've said this, but it's super educational. I've just been learning a lot lately. It's been good. And, and I think that's what podcast people don't realize you know, the benefits of podcasts of how much you can learn right. from people by listening to their story. Right. Um, but Cole's got a pretty cool story. I've been wanting to bring him on. I am Salt Lake for a while. So it was, it was great to finally get a chance to sit him down and uh, kind of get some of the, you know, what's going on behind the scenes of Salt Lake City, the direction of it, the obstacles he's had to overcome with the magazine. Yeah. And uh, just his thoughts on medical cannabis here in Utah in general. And uh, so this is a fun conversation. How can people get a hold of you though, TJ? Let's let's give a little bit of contact information up yeah, here though. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, if you guys ever want to know like any real estate or finance mortgage tips, follow me on on Instagram at TJ Mortgage. Uh, and you guys can also give me a call, shoot me a text at 801-694-1733. And, and you guys can follow me at Utah Realtor Chris on Instagram as well. I'm trying to get a little more active on the Instagrams. Yeah. I'm enjoying uh, the IG platform a little bit more these days. There you go. Uh, it's not as negative as some of the other social media right. platforms. Right, but, definitely. Uh, IamSaltLake.com is the website for the podcast where you can go and uh, find out more about the show. Let's say this is the first time you're listening to the podcast and you want to know more about uh, the podcast, head over to the website and that's where you can listen to all the episodes. You can connect there and so on and so forth. And then we're on all the social media platforms as well. So Awesome. Anyway, with that being said, let's jump into that conversation with Cole Fulmer. This is a good one, you guys. Enjoy. You know, and I forgot, I want to say it was episode 11 of Utah in the Weeds that Tim and I chatted with you. Yeah, it was a long time ago, uh, summer of 2020, I believe. And actually, I think that was And then done. we talked again after that. Did we do a couple of different podcasts on Utah in the Weeds? Probably, the, I think the third time you and I have talked. Is it? Know, if you include Utah in the Weeds. Yeah. Um, which I could only include because I haven't been on I Am Salt Lake yet. Yeah, well, and that's why I wanted to bring you Long on. Long-time listener, uh, first-time caller, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, I wanted to spotlight you because you're doing such amazing things for the community with Salt Lake City. And there's not another publication like yours out there, which I'm sure you're okay with. <laughs> yeah, I'm not too sad about that. Um, Were you afraid of that when, when you created Salt Lake City that somebody else would come along and create another cannabis magazine? Oh, sure. Utah? Just like the license holders here, the small smaller license holders are scared of the multi-state operators just coming in with the big money and wiping them out. And just like we have blocks, um, uh, the flower shop, I'm trying to think of the MSOs that are here in, in Utah. Those exist in the publication world too. Culture Magazine, Northwest Leaf, they wait for territories to either become legal or ripen before they hop in. Northwest Leaf, for example, has an East Coast version, a Midwest, uh, Northwest, and a West Coast. And I believe Colorado too. Um, they were chatting with me last year about maybe becoming their mountain um, version of Northwest Leaf, but frankly, it would have 
taken away all of Salt Lake City and it would have become a completely different magazine. And kind of what I'm trying to avoid with Salt Lake City and bringing back local community journalism, I think I told you this back in August of 2020, um, don't tell anybody, but I'm using cannabis as a way to bring back local journalism, make it more intriguing, but maybe make somebody try harder too and come out with a, a competition magazine too, you know? So sometimes competition kind of makes all the individuals work a little harder. Oh yeah. Right. Cause you're like the fire a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> the bar continues to raise, you know, and whether or not you're pushing that bar or somebody else is, um, you see it in our, our medical cannabis industry right now, we have a really limited batch of license holders between cultivation, processing and pharmacies. And they're trying to create their own thing, but they're trying to work together at the same time. So there's that culture of, of competition, but you know, from an outside perspective, like mine, I, I see there's a giant pie and everybody gets a giant piece when it have a program like this, the patient population just continues to grow and you know, kind of on the flip side, look at the license holders. They don't have to worry about outside competition yeah, they're possibly secure, ever man. coming in, you know, yeah. and they just have a customer base that just continues to grow. Um, and that's exciting for, for me to watch them go through because it's uh it's a brand new industry. It's uh it's been done before in other States, but we're doing something completely different here in Utah and it makes it unique. And, um, the next five to 10 years will be interesting. Let's talk about Salt Lake City, because a lot of listeners probably have never even picked up your publication no, it's, before, which I, I mean, go pick it up. I mean, there, where can people, I mean, first of all, where can people even find your magazines? Like really anywhere like Slug Magazine is, City Weeklies are, I mean, just in that area of businesses where you find free magazines, I guess. Pete Saltis would probably laugh, but uh, I'm notorious for stealing the bottom half of the city weekly racks. <laughs> We've worked <laughs> together. So there, there's a, uh, it wasn't a ask for uh, forgiveness and permission thing like that, but uh completely botched that. But uh, no, you're good. It definitely <laughs> helps when I'm going to a new location. Cause I'm the paper boy at Salt Lake city as well. So it's tough getting these things all over the state or found in every, every pharmacy. Sure. And the magazine's free. It's, it's made for the patient's, primarily, but it's also to let people know what's going on in the uh, Utah cannabis industry. So it's found in probably 120 other ancillary spots, bars, CBD stores. Um, probably music stores. Yeah, music stores, restaurants, where you find City Weekly. They've got a giant team that does their distribution. So that's why you see a lot more uh, of their magazines and probably Salt Lake City, but we're getting out there. So you're you're actually out delivering all of them. Yeah, every single one. We print thirty thousand copies per per run. I handle all those. <laughs> Would you say that's like the biggest obstacle? I mean, what or is there is there bigger obstacles with publishing this? Like red line, like red it tape. It was an obstacle. To... I I knew it was going to be there, but I didn't know how much of a time suck it would be. You gotcha. know, going from Logan to St. George. It takes me about a month to get a full-on distribution run gotcha. throughout because I'm handling other right. responsibilities too um, with publishing the magazine. Um, still not done with distribution right now with our spring magazine, and we've begun to build our summer magazine to give you an idea of what I'm juggling. <laughs> right. So how many uh, how many issues have you put out so far? How many? 
the spring issue that's out now is our fifth. So we made it through one full year of quarterly magazines. We have a new magazine that pops out every three months. Um, do you plan on ever doing more or less, or is that kind of where you want to stick at? Well, originally I was thinking Salt Lake City would be a monthly. Um, we'd have far more magazines coming out than the four a year than we do now. But again, being a one-man band, I have a small team that helps me put Salt Lake City together, and it's a time management thing right now. But again, working with City Weekly, trying to make cannabis, or at least the topic, more mainstream in Utah, um, we might be getting some help with that. What um, you said, you mentioned City Weekly a couple of times, and I've kind of caught, caught wind. You're doing some partnership with them, some work with them, collaboration. What, what's the story there? A lot of collaboration. You know, we're doing something kind of new um, in the publication world because usually a smaller publication like mine just gets bought out by the big boy and they become one. Um, we're still our separate entities and probably always will be, but just getting done holding Utah Can together um, a couple of weekends ago, I foresee more of these collaborative type partnerships coming up here in the future. Um, we have a lot more tricks up our sleeve besides Utah Can um, that we're pretty tight lipped about. But really, long story short, just having City Weekly around, they've been around for 30 years. Um, a lot of people don't know that Private Eye. Um, the name of City Weekly beforehand uh, yeah. was was designed to cater to the bar industry, just like Salt Lake City caters yeah. to the uh, the pharmacies. So John Salt has told tells me stories often about the old days of getting you know private eye started up, and it's the same exact fight. So it's really cool having Pete and John in my corner to kind of help navigate where I should push Salt Lake City into the future and just having a little bit of extra weight in your corner. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, those guys are great. Those guys are great. I, I don't, I don't think I've had Pete on the show. I need to get yeah, Pete on the show. Knows. I know I've had John on the show. They've, uh, Pete, he's, he holds a lot of events throughout the year. They're getting ready to hold their annual pride event because of COVID they hadn't been having events. So he's just getting ramped up with the beer fest, the pride event. Now Utah can. So again, his, I don't know. The newsroom in there it doesn't look like what it used to in the 90s. There's a lot of empty desks. Things have changed because of COVID. A lot of people are working at home. So by bringing the two publications together and kind of carrying each other's weight a little bit, it it defeats the purpose of either one getting bought out or being competitive. We'll put it that way. It's, it's safe to say that without following KRCL, um, City Weekly, Slug Magazine, the 10 years that I lived out here, Salt Lake City probably wouldn't have been an idea in my head. The independent news sources are, are really important to our community, and I don't think a lot of people realize that. Um, even this podcast, you know, I've been listening to this for, you've been around for what, 10 years now, but yeah. I think I've been listening to you for six years. Okay. Well, uh, when thank I you. first got turned on, and what I appreciate about what you're doing is you're you're bringing a lot of business owners to light that people probably wouldn't even know about, you know, and it may seem small, but a little bit of momentum causes those businesses to roll forward, you know, so having people like you in, in the industry to, to help, you know, push the wheel, it's, it's pretty dope. Well, thank you, man. Yeah. Thank you. Now I got TJ on here to, to yeah, right. It's always good to have <laughs> Yo, get growing. some new, get some new light to the, oh. to the game, you know, cause sometimes do you ever feel like 
you know, you, you talk about, uh, you know, the, the podcast being around, like sometimes I feel like, am I, am I just beating a dead horse? Like, do you ever feel that with the magazine? Like you're just kind of like, it's like the same thing to talk about the same thing. Like you feel like, is this ever going to change? Is this ever going to, you know, am I, am I, am I being redundant with what I'm discussing or, or, uh, do you ever feel that way with the magazine? You or know, is there I kind get of asked that topics? often and honestly, it's never an idea that pops into my head because one, the, the science of cannabis is evolving every day. Our new industry is evolving every day. Um, people ask me and when I first started Salt Lake City, what I was going to do when I'd run out of content to write about. And I kind of chuckle in my head because I can't keep up with it. Yeah. Um, people said the same thing about I am Salt Lake. What are you going to do when you run out of people to talk to? I'm like, how you people to talk to? Yeah, there's a lot of people here. (laughs) Yeah, you you go to the average. uh, I don't want to call it city council meeting, but the B two B meetings that take place throughout the county. You have new businesses popping up all the time, and they're across the board. Whether they're restaurants or salons or publications, you know. Utah, not from Utah, I grew up in Reno, and I, because of journalism, I bounced around the country quite a bit. Um, Utah is easily the most productive state I've ever lived in where it comes to entrepreneurs and people kind of taking you know charge of their own life, in a sense. Um, go-getters, we'll put it that way. It's been motivating to live here because you you got to know a small business owner, um, if not a few, and just seeing the trials and tribulations that they go through and this type of lifestyle that running your own business brings. It's like, why would you work for anybody? <laughs> There's some about security about that paycheck. There man. is, you know, and it's, yeah, security. Don't get me started. <laughs> Now, is Salt Lake City your full-time gig then? Is that kind of what you're ever, is it kind of on the side? Are you doing other things? Yeah, or COVID like- forced that. I, uh, I've i worked in journalism my whole career, and journalism has been kind of a crumbling industry since I got into it in 2007. Um, a shrinking industry, we'll put oh, yeah. it that way. And getting into journalism, it wasn't one of those industries where you, you plan when your retirement's going to be. <laughs> we'll yeah. put it that way. You don't make a lot of money and you do a lot of bouncing around, but that was kind of the lifestyle I was after. Uh, what was the question again? I got sidetracked. Uh, I, my, now, 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 my mind went blank. <laughs> now my mind went blank on what the question was of, of you, you know, well, journalism. I mean, well, okay, talk about, I mean, what made you even want to get into journalism? Oh, well, is man? this my full-time gig? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Full-time gig, yeah, yeah, It yeah. is, you know, COVID forced that. I, uh, after working 20 years in journalism, I went into marketing. Um, God, without telling the long story, I got laid off from my, my marketing job in 2016. And that was the last real job I've, I've ever had. In 2016? Um, 2016. Um, from there, I, and this is where the story could get long, is I could see the cannabis industry starting to ripen in other states. We had Prop 2 popping up here in, in Utah, in Utah yeah, yeah. and it was gaining traction. And even before we voted it through, I, I was anticipating it would pass. Um, so my idea was, you know, never wanted to get out of journalism, but I wanted to get into the cannabis industry. Started working at Moonlight Garden Supply kind of as I was working as their marketing guy, worked sales during the, the weekend and got to know Grow really well. Got to know all the growers and using that as my hopping point to get into the cannabis industry. 
two years ago, three years ago now, um, I thought I'd be a marketing director for Dragonfly or Block or True North. Um, had some aspirations of being in cultivation, but the more familiar I get with cultivation, um, I realize there's far too much pressure in that job um, for a writer like me to handle. So working at Moonlight, uh, Salt Lake City, the idea popped in my head. Probably six out of 10 customers that are walking through the door to buy gross supplies um, were asking about Prop 2. What happened with Prop 2? How do I get my medical card? How do I do this? How do I do that? And it was clear to me as a journalist that local media was not telling anybody about this new program, even after it passed through. Um, I discussed this in our current issue. We're a shadow industry. And in that, I mean, we... We, we remain in the shadows. Uh, the Department of Labor doesn't count our statistics when it comes to the workforce. We're still in that gray area of being illegal and legal. So the government gets to sweep us underneath the, the carpet and kind of ignore that we're even here. Um, if it weren't for publications like Leafly, we wouldn't know that there's over 420, uh, no pun intended, thousand <laughs> um, full-time cannabis workers, plant-touching cannabis workers in the country. Wow. Um, in, in our current issue, I go over how many jobs we have here in Utah. Um, the Center of Medical Cannabis reported there was a total of 451 pharmacy agent jobs. Those are bud tenders um, working in Utah. Uh, the Department of Agriculture reported there are 344 registered employees holding cultivation positions. And then there were another 349 that were working in the processing labs. That's a total of 1,144 tax-paying jobs that did not exist two years ago. That doesn't even include all the ancillary jobs. You look at QMPs, HR, um, publications like mine. There's, there's thousands that aren't being accounted for. And I almost think it's a strategic move to kind of slow the momentum of this plant in the country. Why would we want to talk about this, how successful this cannabis industry is um, when it's still something we're not sure we want to do on Capitol Hill? Um, but just gathering those numbers there, it took me four separate interviews. Can't tell you how much time just getting a hold of the state officials to give me that information. Um when on the flip side, a Google search of any industry, whether it's restaurants, um, loans, um, you name it, a 10-second Google search will tell me all those statistics, just like that. And it's because the, uh, uh, the Bureau of Labor Statistics, you know, that's what we pay them tax money to do, is to count what we do and how much we do it. <laughs> Um, but do they you, don't count cannabis. It sounds like you really get into all the stats. Do you like, do you like numbers and, and all that? I'm not a numbers guy, but I think as a journalist, you have to pay attention to probability and statistics. In fact, it was the only, uh, math course I had to take in college. Um, now here's a job actually starting <laughs> this, this con, this, this lady, this kind buds, Marley, uh, Marley, um, we, we actually did a, uh, I think Tim and I, we did a Utah in the Weeds. We had her on Utah in the Weeds. Such I talk about Morley Colt often, most, uh, mostly about her job, because who would have thought that you'd have somebody that gets hired to go to patients' house to teach them how to consume cannabis? You well, know? no. Really? When, I, when I first met her, I'm like, is, is this, is this, for, this is rad. And it's not until you meet Marley 
that you take that position really seriously. She takes it very seriously, and she's been really effective up in in Weber County in the Ogden area with teaching people that are unfamiliar with cannabis on how to use it for the first time. Um, I'm sure you can remember the first time you used cannabis, and for oh, a lot yeah. of people, it wasn't the most enjoyable experience because you, you overdo it. Yeah, for me, it was, it was <laughs> euphoria. I'm not going to lie. Um, but that's where Utah is really unique compared to other markets, Colorado, California, New York, Pennsylvania even. We have a lot of brand new cannabis consumers that have been getting lied to about the war on drugs their whole lives. And so they never touched it. And now they are. But they have no idea what to do with it unless they watched a Cheech and Chong movie or some, you know, as much as I love those movies from my my childhood and growing up, they did no favors for uh the stereotype at all, you know, it, it's funny you talk about it. Cause like my mom, for example, I mean, she's in her late seventies. She's, you know, it, but she's her, she's very receptive to, to yeah. cannabis and, and using it for, for her pain. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because she's so, she's such a newbie with it. Yeah. You know, she doesn't really know like, Oh, well, you know, this and that. And I mean, it, just how it affects her and, and how, how to handle it and how to deal with it and microdosing and, all of that. Yeah. And so it's, uh, I, I'm in the same boat with my mom and she's, she's an old deadhead. So she knows what consuming cannabis is about, but she's perfect to have in my life because she's always asking me how to use cannabis without getting high. Uh, she rides her bike all the time, still road bike and she uses CBD salves for, for her knees and joints. And I don't know, to help with the inflammation, um, turned her on to uh, cartridges too mm. to help with not smoking maybe as much. At least that's my secret alternative with that. Sorry, mom. <laughs> but it's fun having somebody in your life that says, hey, how do I use this? But how do I not get totally blitzed? And, you know, I, as much as I use cannabis and I use it daily, all day long, you know, there's there's times when I'm using it not to get inebriated. We'll put it that way. Um but then there's times that I am. I think most medical patients are are using it very minimally yeah. and very, you know, microdose throughout the day, very mm-hmm. small amounts just to help ease their symptoms. Yeah. You know, because that's what the idea is behind it. Yeah, it takes off the pressures of the day, you know, it takes off the aches and pains that you experience through the day. It it takes your mind off the bullshit. <laughs> you know, it's uh it's not often you can find something to incorporate in your life that can do that without totally destroying it, you know, in the long term. And I look at pharmaceuticals and alcohol and, you know, I'd be the first person to tell any alcoholic, like, try cannabis instead. You know, I don't care if you switch, you know, use cannabis just as much as you use alcohol. You know, that's that flip right there alone would change your life dramatically. And you'll probably have a lot more fun. Um, there was more of a more story that, and that's one of the reasons I use cannabis. Um, I've got a, I got creamed by a taxi when I was in college. So I got a rod in my leg, um, bunch of hardware. So I got pain in there just from moving around and scoliosis in my back and my sciatic goes out all the time. So I'm using salves and cannabis in general for the pain. Um, do you deal with sciatica? Is that, do you, do you, cause that's what my mom's dealing with yeah, right now. all the time. Um, Cause my back is so crooked, 
the points of pain change and it's inflammation around my spine. And depending on where it's happening on my spine is where the pain's going to pop up on my body. Sometimes it's on, you know, my left leg. Sometimes it's on my right leg. Sometimes it's in my lower back. Sometimes it's in my elbow. Um, the spine is a funny thing. Putting salve on my back, um, it's probably, like, a, you it's know, probably a hard thing to put a staff on uh, your back. It's tough. You, you got to have somebody around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, use a comparison. So you get, you have knots in your back, you get a massage, the knots go away, but my knots come back right away within 24 hours. And so that brings the pain along too. When I use CBD salve, you know, not like I'm getting massages all the time, but it eliminates the, uh, the inflammation from coming back. Um, so when you get rid of those knots, they're gone. And so that means I can count on the pain being gone. Um, took me 38 years to figure that one out. <laughs> what do you think of Utah's medical cannabis um, program? I mean, do you, do you think it's good? I mean, I, I mean, obviously, there's always things that can be changed. I mean, but just your overall thoughts on it. You know, to be honest, the state set us up for failure. Okay. Um, we should not have... And as sexy of a program as we do right now, and that's primarily because of some key players that have licenses here in the state. Um, you think it's a sexy program? I, I, I mean, sexy. That's what I try to tell perfect, my. Though I mean, well, I don't know if it's perfect. No, no, not even, not even close. And so, kind of backing up, rephrase that statement is. We have a far better program than the state set us up to have. Okay, okay. Um, I almost don't want to list names because I'm going to list or forget to to name a few of these key players. And there, there's quite a few of them from north to south that are making – they push the boundaries a little bit. They're not scared of the state. You know, we have some really strict rules and regulations that are set up against us. And we found in the past couple of years that the state isn't even quite clear what these rules and regulations really entail. So it's almost like giving us a lot of rope to hang ourselves with. Um a lot of great so, areas. Yeah, like. exactly. Salt Lake City, for example, it's not an easy magazine to put out legally. We're walking a really fine line with the advertising we can have in it. And of course, you know, because of, of First Amendment rights, you can't touch the content that I write about. Um, Do you have to like get it checked off by any means by anybody or is, how does that work? No, you know, that's gotcha. That's up to me. But one thing I've been careful about and well conscientious of about since the beginning is being transparent with the state. I didn't want the Salt Lake City to pop out without them knowing it was even coming. And But why? Why why do you, who cares? What what I, mean, I wanted to involve them. Um you'll notice that we have a column from from the state in every issue. And that's to give their their point of view on whether there's updates to the program or if there's issues that they want to discuss that you know somebody like me won't even think of. But it gives them a voice too. That's how I, I choose the writers that work for me, too. You'll notice in this issue in particular, we have an eclectic staff of contributors. Mindy Medeo, the green pharmacist up in Bountiful, she runs Beehive Pharmacy. We have J.D. Loritzen, the leafy lawyer who's the legal counsel for Wholesome Co. Um, Marley Colt, our uh, cannabis coach. Uh, man, I'm going to leave somebody off here. Let me look at this. But... uh the main idea with pulling, you know, people from the industry and can of sewers um, like myself is 
I want to have an eclectic voice with Salt Lake City. When you open up the pages, no matter who you are, I want something to be in there for you. Um, and the first step of doing that is with the voices that I use. We have far more women writers than we have male writers. And that's unheard of in the cannabis industry. Um, cannabis industry is is littered with, with males, whether it's in cultivation, the farm or dispensaries. It's, it's a male run industry. It's very familiar to me. Um, journalism in the nineties, um, where I don't know, that's, that's a slippery slope. But. <laughs> Was that, is that similar to just journalism in general now? Is there still more, is it still male dominated? Do you know? Um, no, I think they've done a better job gotcha. of that in the past. It used to be heavily male. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you go look back at to shows like, like Mad Men. That's you know, what I was going to say. Yeah. Like, let's look at Mad Men, <laughs> yeah, you know? Right. And you look at even like the original staff of High Times back in in the 70s, it was strictly males, you know? And now we have, you know, females that are are the voice of cannabis. And here in Utah, too, it's 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 special for me as a publisher, never being a publisher before putting together a staff that's as competent as the one that I have, you know, it's, it's as full spectrum as the plant. Um, and I, I, I hope it continues to be that way. Where, where would you like to see this magazine go? I mean, do you, where do you have like a five year goal or is that, is that hard because we don't even know where cannabis will be in five years. It's tough, you know, bringing up city weekly again, it's nice to know, those guys in the 30 year tromp that they've been on. And I could see myself on a very similar tromp. Um, it seems like people start businesses in the cannabis industry just to sell them. Um, there's a lot of passion in the cannabis industry, but if you've seen how, you know, businesses have flipped in the past three years, you know, in the legal market, it's clear people are building something up just to sell that enterprise. And, Honestly, I, I, I never thought I'd have the opportunity to become a publisher. And so losing that opportunity or giving it away seems very foolish to me. Um, Even if somebody came along and said, Hey, I'll give you 5 million bucks, 10 million bucks. I'd have to really consider what the next 30 years of my life was going to be like, you know, and I look at, at John, you know, and, and the life he's created for himself. He's got a family that's running the the newspaper now and they're they're making it a bigger beggar better thing just like high times and other publications around the country um my first role in journalism was working for a city weekly type newspaper in indianapolis called nubo i was their staff photographer for three years while i was in college and it it got my feet wet in journalism and it totally excited me about going further into the career you know, having heroes like Hunter S. Thompson and Kerouac and other journalists that put themselves in the story or have been idols of mine my whole life. So I'm getting to do that with the cannabis industry in Utah. I'm just a fly on the wall that gets to watch this thing bloom into what whatever it will. Um, and I, I foresee we've got great things on the road. You know, it's been a rocky, bumpy first couple of years, but Frankly, I think we needed those years to fully figure out what we want this program to be in the state across the board, you know, because what I want in the program isn't what everybody else wants. Um, and that's the thing that I've I've come to appreciate with Salt Lake City is we're trying to make a lot of people happy here. And that's not an easy, easy task. Um, Do you have a lot of haters? 
Do you deal with like like people just social media is tough. That it's, are just really? say you're, you're an evil person and, oh, you yeah. know, and just troll <laughs> you. Just, you're a bootlicking shill. That was my favorite one I got <laughs> maybe about a year or so ago. Um, it's tough not to get sensitive about the haters because I'm just trying to support the plant in a yeah. new industry. You know, I've got I've got nothing in the fight other than pushing this plant forward. You know, and stop watching Utahns get arrested for weed, you know, um, lost the train of thought on that. No, one. you're good. I was just, we were just kind of talking about the direction, you know, and it's hard to know where, where, yeah, where things will be in five years. So no, it's tough. Just mostly you look at federal stuff. I anticipate federal laws will change. Um, it's, it's got it, man. It's got it. We're at the tipping point and, if I see one more article about the house passing God, another safe banking act, I'm going to, I'm going to lose my that? mind. And it just shows you what a mess politics really are um, yeah. to get anything through. Um, there's a lot of important topics on the table other than cannabis, but maybe it's because I'm so close to the, uh, the topic that I can see what a positive influence in, Cannabis can be for our country in general. You look at the hemp industry and industrial hemp, I do mean, and then you look at the medical side of cannabis, you know, it's across the board, what this plant can do for the country. And, you know, it can help us. I hate saying the the word rebuild, but it can help us move into a better direction. You know, you know, I really thought like when, when COVID was in its, you know, 2020, when we were like right in the heart of everything, I was I was convinced. I was like, man, they're going to legalize weed, man. That's yeah. that's what's going to save us out of this. You know, the economy is just going to go in the tankers, and 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 it's from sales from cannabis that's going to help us. You know, and aliens and, are real, and aliens. Yeah, you remember all the aliens alien you know? articles that were put out there? Like, <laughs> there, there's still stuff dropping. I hear yeah, we have some true. more videos that are supposed to drop in. That totally baffles my mind. I want to start a section in Salt Lake City that's called Things You Think About When You're High. Um, I'm no conspiracy theorist, but uh, oh, I, I do like I love a good conspiracy uh, theory. Space, uh, space intrigues me a lot. But yeah, don't get me started on that. Let's, uh, we have some Salt Lake City questions. We yeah. ask everybody that comes through here. So, of course, we got to ask you, Cole. Um, we have family and friends. They visit us. They come into town. They want, they want to visit us, you know, uh, over the weekend. And they're like, show me some of your favorite spots. Give me the tour. Drive me around Utah. Take me to, to some of your favorite spots. Do you have any places you like to take people or show off areas of town or, you know, the Great Salt Lake or uh, Park City? I don't know. Would you have favorite spots? I definitely have go-tos. And, and it's easy here in Utah. I've got an eclectic family and you know, if they do visit, I remember grandpa, when he would visit here, he, he wanted to see the mountains. So I knew Park City was going to be our first course, stop. Yeah. And we'd go, uh, Redford spot. What is that called? Sundance. Sundance. Yeah. He loved it up there. Um, said it reminded him of, of Europe, you know? So of course that's where I'd take <laughs> him and in the world travelers. But then down in Salt Lake, I live in Sugar House. 
Yeah. So well, I just pop out the door. We go to Finn's for, for breakfast. Oh, Finn's is good. Well, I can just down the street, you have Sugar House Pub, um, Wasatch Brewery, Hopkins, everything you can think of. And it's only a 10 minute walk. So I make sure I do that with people I want to impress. Like, oh, I live in a cool spot. Salt Lake isn't That's what awesome. you think it is. Because most people that are coming to visit me are from out of state. And they have this preconditioned notion of what Utah is. And everybody's walking around in pioneer garb and... It's people still think that man. Yeah. It's, it's weird. It's wild, man. I mean, even with all the growth, it used to bother me, but now I'm like, ah, let, let them think that, you know, Utah has been <laughs> such a hidden gem find for me after living in Idaho, Montana, Wyoming, Indiana, Illinois, Arizona, Alaska, Utah's the spot. Um, it, it's so eclectic. So again, on the spots that I take people, it's, you know, some people I take down to Moab, just showing them, the desert down there arches it's yeah. um it's easy um what's, even the avenues what, what's one thing you'd want to change Ooh, well legalized cannabis first there you go um <laughs> you know that's the the adult use rec topic it's such a a tough topic here in utah because people are are convinced that we're going to stay a medical state. And that might be the case for five to 10 years. Again, bringing up City Weekly and Private Eye, I almost foresee what the bar industry was in Utah being a lot like the weed industry. Um, it's going to be a pay-to-play thing. You're going to have to join the membership to, to get your card in order to walk through the doors. And you're going to be on a list. And It'll evolve, you know, again, with the, the tricks we have of our sleeves, I think there's a way that we can kind of normalize cannabis in an easy way here in Utah without, you know, we're not California, we're not Colorado. Um, and we need to quit acting like we are. Yeah. Just be Utah, do our thing. And that's where a lot of the haters come at me on Instagram is they're, they're bitching because our program is in a Colorado or a California or what they've come to find in Nevada and you know, we've had a biomass issue. We don't have the products that you find in other markets, except for this year. Um, it's a tipping point here in the next couple of months where things are going to start rolling pretty quick when it comes to going through the pharmacy doors and having them look just like they would in more mature markets. Um, prices are still difficult. Uh, they're so difficult, but that's a biomass issue too. Um, and it's an operator issue too. Now, what do you um, mean by, I mean, I, I know biomass, but, oh, but, yeah, but for so listeners, when you say it's a biomass issue, and I'm sure supply, even TJ here, yeah, you know, such a novice. To supply this. and demand issue is best way to describe it. Biomass, cannabis biomass is what the cultivators are producing to either sell a smokable flower or turn into other products, cartridges, edibles, salves, you name gotcha. it across the board. We only have eight licensed growers in the state, and we have 50,000 patients now. So the first two years, we just could not supply the amount of patients. Hell, the state was calling that we'd have less than 10,000 patients the first year, and we had 20,000. Um, wow. It's, and it's just going to get bigger. But yeah, again, on the biomass, we nobody thought we'd have a supply and demand issue in Utah, but we did. We wrote an article at Salt Lake City and... Um, the headline ran, you know, cannabis crisis in Utah and it, it read like a joke, but it, it was serious. You know, people couldn't get products, um, at the beginning of the program, what we see behind pharmacy doors today is nine day different than what it was back in 2020. And it's just going to get better. Yeah. Um, we have Moxie, which is a, uh, 
a concentrate maker based out of Nevada. They're moving into town. They should be releasing products at the beginning of June. Um, cookies is coming to town and, you know, no matter how you feel about the cookies enterprise, you know, I, I'm excited for cookies to come one because some of the genetics I absolutely love, but it shows that a company like cookies wants to be in a state like Utah. A lot of the multi-state operator companies, although we have a lot, some of them thumb their nose at Utah thinking, ah, they voted medical, but this program's not going to go anywhere. It's nothing worth investing in. And now it's the opposite where we have companies that are banging on the door trying to get in and whether or not they make the relationships that they need to it, you know, it, it might not happen. There are states with worse programs. Than oh, Utah. so bad. You know, I don't know. I, I can't remember. I want to say like Virginia or something mm-hmm. I heard is like only vape carts or something like they don't even have flour there. No, you know, um, and for people listening, flour is like the buds, like the, yeah. you know, the, just the old school weed I guess. Yeah, weed. Yeah. yeah yeah because well it's funny I was, t- I was talking to my mom about flour you know mm-hmm. and i use the terminology so much that i just think everybody knows what it well it's flour you know? <laughs> it's tough yeah i get stopped all the time in conversations just like it just now you know buy one ask what what are you talking about coal or you know even when you're bringing up certain consumptions yeah. consumption techniques and the concentrates that people are getting their hands on now that's what the next issue is Salt Lake City is going to be focusing on. We're looking for a 7-10 release date. And with that being said, we're going to be focusing more on concentrates, teaching patients what what these consumption types are, um, but also talking about the tipping point that we're at in our program. Again, we're, we've been chugging along the past couple of years, and it's been a tough fight. COVID didn't help. Um, the state didn't help a whole lot, but I think we've gotten the momentum that we need to uh, make this program pretty sexy. <laughs> How can listeners connect with you, Cole, as we kind of wrap this episode up a little bit? I mean, you saw on social media, all the websites, just all that good stuff. Let's promote you here. Yeah, get Salt you out Bake City is easy to find. Bake, B-A-K-E-D, um, saltbakecity.com. All of our social media is Salt Bake City, so we're pretty easy to find. Um, well, actually that's not true. You know, it's kind of hard. You have to type it in exactly because we're, we're shadow banned most days because of the type of content that we're pushing out. But if you want to get an inside perspective of Utah medical cannabis, um, find out what's going on here in the shadows, hop on board. And if you're like a, a store that wants to carry the magazine, yes. reach out to Cole. Please and, do. Uh, or if you want to deliver some magazines for Cole and <laughs> relieve him of his of his Always pressure, you for know, volunteers. But yeah. definitely, let me know if you'd like to have your magazine at your location. Um, again, breaking the stereotype, it, it goes so far to just showing people that Utah has a cannabis magazine, and. Uh, you know, there's a lot of information to learn when you pick it, pick it up inside. Any final questions you want to ask him, TJ? I'm good on my end. Thanks for coming by. Appreciate yeah, man, it, I, I appreciate you doing the podcast. And it's been a long time. I, uh, yeah, been looking forward to this one. I thought we were going to try to do it last month, but with the Utah Can. How was Utah Can? Was that was that a success overall? I it mean, was. I know you were involved at the back end of it. You it know, was. so you, we, uh, you know, we definitely learned. Um, some things to change up for next year. Definitely don't throw it the same weekend as the Kilby Court Music Festival. Yeah. That wasn't smart, but we had a uh, fun guy festival know that, going though? on. You know what I mean? You don't always know that. It's tough, especially when we're getting the, 
the state licenses for the dates and the place. We're doing it months and months before, even before some people have announced they're having events. So um, definitely a learning thing. But after not having it for three years, it was a total success. Um, it's not often we get those who work in, in the cannabis industry here in Utah in one spot at the same time. And when we do, it's, it's a fun time. Um, this program got started during COVID. So the amount of separation between the industry is, you know, it's starting to, the gap is starting to close, but it's uh, been tough. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Cole. No, thank you. Always tell people let's catch up down the road, man. All right. Many thanks again to Cole Fulmer for joining us on this episode of the podcast. Uh, seriously, reach out to Cole. Let him know you heard him on I Am Salt Lake. Let him know what you thought of the conversation. He is on all the social media platforms as well, uh, but we'll put all the links at IamSaltLake.com yeah, as well. Yeah, it was a fun one. And uh, if you guys want to reach out to him and to have the Salt Lake, ba- ba- excuse me, Salt Lake City magazine in your store, reach out to him. Yeah, go support him, guys, because this is seriously important. Like, if we're going to make this city thrive, we need to help all the small local businesses definitely in the area. But uh, IamSaltLake.com is the website for the podcast. I know I mentioned that a million times, but it's important you know it. And I am Salt Lake on Instagram is the Instagram feed. Uh, go over there, connect, and follow along. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. Anything else you want to add, TJ? Anything? No. Uh, you ready for the summer officially starts in a yep. couple of weeks? What, June 22nd? Is that the first day of summer? Yep. Or 23rd? I don't yeah, know. I don't know. I don't know. It's uh, just ramping up for summer. Nothing nothing crazy on my end. What about you? I just ready for warmer days. Right. I mean, you know, sweating my, sweating whatever, <laughs> my tushy off. Or, uh, but uh, reach out to us if you ever have uh, questions. Reach out to us if you ever know anybody you want to bring on the show or if you uh, have any real estate related questions, yeah. feel free to reach out as well. So. Awesome. You guys have a great week and uh, we'll see you on the next episode.